Welcome to a new episode of Biology Lessons on Air. My name is Veronica Athanasiou and this episode is about the food calorimeter. I am going to mention pages from the book by Phil Bradfield and Steve Potter. This is based on the Edexcel International GCSE 9 to 1 Biology Syllabus. On page 60 of your book, Extension Work, there is a diagram in figure 4.12 where the main parts of this apparatus are highlighted. A food calorimeter is a device that allows us to estimate the energy content in a food sample. Keywords are estimate, apparatus, food sample. So basically what we're doing is that we are burning completely a sample of food in an environment where there is enough oxygen for it to burn completely. The heat produced by burning the food sample is then transferred to the coil. The heat will be transferred to the water surrounding the coil inside a container that ideally should be insulated thermically. So that are a few key points here. You must ensure that there will be enough oxygen for the food sample to burn completely. The mass of the food sample has to be measured before burning and it has to be surrounded by a particular volume of water in a container that is insulated thermically to prevent heat losses to the surroundings. Notice that there is a stirrer surrounding the container where there is air for the food sample to burn. The stirrer will help us distribute the heat better in the water that is surrounding the burning sample. Bear in mind that the food sample has to be dry so that, so that it will burn easily and that the shape of the metallic element collecting the heat from the air surrounding the burning sample is coiled or has a zigzag shape like the one in figure 4.12 in order to increase the surface area in contact with the water whose temperature change we will be recording by reading the temperature in the thermometer attached as part of this apparatus that is in contact with the water surrounding the burning food sample. So we must measure the mass of the food sample. We must record the initial temperature of the water before the electrical supply to the heating element is switched on for the food sample to burn. Once all the food sample burns, you will observe the maximum temperature in the thermometer 
monitoring the temperature in the water surrounding the food sample. You can then calculate the energy content in the food sample by looking at the increase in the temperature and using a couple of principles that have to do with the density of the water and the specific heat capacity of the water. The specific heat capacity of the water is the energy needed to raise the temperature of one gram of water by one degree Celsius and the value is 4.2 and the density of water is one that means that one gram of water equals one centimeter cubed of water. If we multiply the rising temperature of the water by the mass of the water and by 4.2, this gives us the number of joules of energy that were transferred to the water. If we then divide by, by the mass of the food that transferred this energy, it will give us the energy of the food per gram. This is assuming that all the energy contained in the food sample was transferred to the water. That's why heat insulation is so important. And we are assuming that the heat losses in the transfer of heat process were negligible. In page 61 of your book, there is an example uh, in numbers and the formula is written down for you. It says, imagine you had a piece of pasta weighing 0.55 grams. This is the mass of the food sample. The starting temperature of 20 grams of water was 21 degrees Celsius. So we have the mass of the water is 20 grams. 20 grams, 20 centimeters cubed. So we measure 20 centimeters cubed and we know because the density of water is one, one gram per centimeter cubed. So 20 grams equals 20 centimeter cubed. After using the burning pasta to heat up the water, the temperature of the water was 43. So the Increase in temperature of the water is 43 degrees Celsius minus 21 degrees Celsius. Multiplied by 20 grams of water, multiplied by 4.2, which is the specific heat capacity of water, joules per gram per degree Celsius, and divided by the mass of the pasta, 0.55 grams, gives us 3,360 joules per gram of pasta. There is a simplified version of the calorimeter in figure 4.13 on page 61 in your book. The burning food is held on a mounted needle. 
You, so you see there is no glass surrounding the burning food. There is no heating element. We just set the dry food on fire. We hold it on a mountain needle and we used a test tube with a known volume of water. In the example is 20 centimeters cubed. We place a thermometer to look at the increase in the temperature of the water. So the water is going to be heated by the burning food. Notice in this case there would, would definitely be heat losses by contact of the burning food with the air. There will be heat losses by radiation and there will be heat losses from the test tube containing the water to the surroundings. There is absolutely no insulation. We can use the thermometer though to distribute the heat that is transferred to the water by steering gently with the thermometer. So in this case, even though there are heat losses, we can compare the energy content of different foods. Because if we assume that all the heat losses are the same, we use exactly the same procedure. We are assuming that the error is going to be the same in all of the estimates of energy contents of food. So at least we can compare between different foods provided we use the same volume of water, the same mass of the food, and we use the same procedure. For those of you studying in Pascal English School Larnaca, past papers, page 158 and 197 in your past paper A booklet are about the calorimeter page 158 and 197.